Hello and welcome to the Tight On Entry Racing Podcast, the fastest podcast on Spotify. We're not fast growing anymore, we're just the fastest. Um, Alex, how are you? What is going on? It's Daytona, Daytona week. Daytona 500 is tomorrow or possibly Monday, depending on the weather. Um, no, just put a, put a damper on it, dude. Why don't I you? mean, let's be honest. What, you know, give me your, your most realistic weather forecast. What's the probability of us racing tomorrow? I've been on Twitter and a lot of weather reporters are like, yeah, 15, 20% likelihood that the race gets in Sunday. And I'm like, okay, I'm just packing it in for a Monday yeah. race. <laughs> so are you going to take off on Monday? I feel like you have to. It's President's Day, boy. Oh, you have off already. <laughs> wow. I do have off already. Wow, wow, wow. Well, so we get a nice little nice little break. So it doesn't matter if they push it back for me. I'll be ready. I'm actually very jealous of that. Um, but I will be watching regardless. You know that. I know that. Looking. Are you um, looking forward to a nice little pause? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Uh, sorry about that. I got a couple things on my mind right now. We're we're like watching live results, you know. Um, yeah, I know. I got I got a track meet to get to in in yeah. about an hour or two. All right, so let's talk, let's talk NASCAR. Let's talk NASCAR. Enough lollygagging around, Alex. Uh, <clears throat> obviously, the duels were on Thursday night. It's already Saturday morning at the time we're recording this. Um, the duels on Thursday were spectacular. What what were some things that you kind of saw? Um, what were your biggest takeaways uh, coming out of the the Daytona duels? The Toyota's got a good race trim. They got a, a speedy little car when they're packed together. Like, yeah. Uh, Reddick looked really strong. He's qualified third. Christopher Bell won the second duel. Uh, my other takeaway was that I didn't really get a feel for the Fords just yet because I feel like in the first duel, it was four of them in the entire 21 car field. So they didn't get jacked like for help in drafting. And then the second one, they never really had a chance to like get near each other. But when they did, it only lasted for like a couple laps. And then they got split up by Chevy's and Yoda's again. So I don't know. Yeah, Toyota's I, look pretty speedy. Um, I mean, Daytona's always a crap shoot. So I don't know what to expect, but I really liked how the Toyotas looked. I like how the Chevy's look. Hendrick does still look strong. Byron had to go to a backup car. Um, but yeah. It was pretty good racing. I really liked what I was seeing, uh, especially in the second duel. A little bit more, a uh, little bit more action in that one. Yeah, I was um really impressed, like you said, by the Toyotas. I thought they looked incredibly fast, and I think that was kind of further exemplified. I don't know if you saw the practice times, and I'm not. I didn't watch practice. Um, yeah, they're the five lap averages because a lot of Toyotas didn't do tens, but all yeah. the five laps, like out of the top five, it was like four Toyotas. It was like Bubba, Reddick, Christopher Bell. I think Denny was in there. Yeah, like it was all Toyotas. So I mean, lap averages don't matter at a plate track. It's just they do that every time. Toyota they qualify like garbage, and then they come in into the packs, and they're like, "Yeah, we know what we need to do. This car, we don't care about qualifying because you don't really have to worry about it. You don't need to get a front row at Daytona." Um, I think I think one of the biggest things there was you saw how, like you said, racy the Toyotas looked. They were able to kind of maneuver the pack really well. Now. I think, like you said with the Fords, it was kind of like a mixed package a little bit. One of the things I noticed, though, was I don't know if they were saving fuel or what, but it looked like the Fords fell back and those races relatively early, like they were kind of uncomfortable with the cars, didn't know exactly know what was happening, or they were just saving fuel. A lot um, of the Fords also qualified well, so yeah. they could have also just been like, you know what, I'll take the couple notches back, I don't care. 
Like Joey Logano had the front row. Like he obviously yeah. was like, yeah, I'm going to sit in 20 at the whole time. McDowell, same thing. He was like up there and then he went, wait, why the hell am I up here? And then just backed right back to the back of the pack. And like Brad and Chris Buescher, they were all like 16th, 19th qualifying position. So like most of them were in the top 20. So they probably just fell back. And then other Fords just wrecked. Like Ryan Blaney had that huge wreck in the second duel. And yeah, it was also getting popular now too with um the clash or not the clash the duels because i was looking around on tweets and stuff and they actually gained a seven percent increase i don't know if that helps because ryan blaney crashed and how exciting the second duel race was at the end of the at the end of the night but they did have a seven percent increase 1.6 million viewers for the duels which is like pretty pretty substantial i think 1.6 is pretty high for races that technically don't matter but like do matter so that was really cool to see too how they just got more viewership i wonder if that's helping from the netflix documentary and stuff yeah um i think the seven percent jump obviously on paper that sounds really good um i think one of the other takeaways uh too was allegedly from what i'm hearing from people who are at the the facility was that the stands were uh, pretty packed, uh, which is awesome to hear. But yeah, I, I don't know exactly what the cause is. You know, part of me thinks it's just the, the fact that the clashes in on the West Coast that people are more likely to go to the duels on the East Coast. Don't yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, NASCAR never had a problem getting butts in seats. They've always had a problem with that viewership number, which really yeah. doesn't matter because they get their money from the TV deal already. So like, who cares? Like what their viewer number is they're getting paid regardless like obviously you want more eyes on the sport but like they're getting their money yeah um but yeah i mean like i think just from the momentum perspective i think it's big hopefully you know we see it carry into the daytona 500 it could all come crashing down if it does if it rains on sunday exactly i think that's the most frustrating part i feel like i don't know it just feels like the last few years or so like the daytona 500 has just been plagued by like either a delay or rain in the middle of the race or just something has just derailed it I, maybe i'm just not remembering it right but i don't know it just feels like every year just something goes wrong um yeah i mean 2020 they had a postponement or something and then 2021 there was a delay i think 2022 was fine but last year it had to end at night because of more rain so yeah. out of like the last five years it's been rain rain not rain rain for the last four years so it's nice to see the numbers go up, but they just got to keep producing that uh, good old fun racing to make people want to watch it. For sure. Um, okay, let's get into the, the Daytona 500. Assuming it happens tomorrow, assuming um, it, it doesn't get rained out, or even if it does get rained out, let's talk about like our picks, our predictions. Um, obviously, now that we have all this viewing in our backseat, we've seen – uh, you know, the duels at Daytona, we've seen qualifying, we've seen practice, you know, what are our thoughts? What are our impressions? And, you know, what can we kind of expect out of the Daytona 500? Alex, kind of run me down. I'll give you a, I'll go with like a top three of who I think like in a stable of like three guys, I think that will excel. It's going to be Logano, Kozlowski, and I want to go with a wild horse pick and say Christopher Bell. Because I looked at Bell's stats this morning, and they're god-awful at super speedways. But he's finally finding speed, and I still have a chip on my shoulder because of watching the documentary series of how Christopher Bell carried himself 
And he was like, why don't people respect me more in this league? So I'm kind of just like on a huge seatbelt like bandwagon this year. Just be like, yeah, dude, go show them why you were in the champ for the last two years in a row and all that. Um, I do expect, you know, the normal Daytona stuff. There's going to be wrecks. There's going to be fire going all over the place and stuff like that. I just hope my fantasy picks don't get taken out in those wrecks. So I anticipate like early half of the race, Hendrick Motorsports is going to be crazy good, and then they'll get wrecked out, and then I expect the Fords and Toyotas to kind of be battling at the end for this for this win. So that's yeah. my expectations. Um, so do you think they're just going to kind of ride around, or do you think you know they're kind of going to get at it early? I think um, they're going to ride around the first stage. I think the second stage will get a little squirrely. Like you don't like obviously points matter a lot, but like in the first race, I feel like they don't get as squirrely. Like I'm trying to remember the first stages of the last few 500s, and I don't remember them getting that squirrely in like the first stage. Like points obviously matter, and you would like to rack them up where you can, but. I just remember them not really racing that hard in the first couple stages. So I think they'll be riding around. And then, you know, when we get to like halfway, that's when you're going to start seeing like moves happen more. People getting sent to the back, blah, blah, blah. I don't know yeah. how you feel. Um, I think, I think, I mean, you kind of hit it on the head. I think the duels are definitely short enough where you see the action kind of develop really quick and really fast. And, and the guys are willing to kind of uh, battle for the lead early, but even on the duels, you saw guys kind of shift to the back and kind of wait it out. Um, and part of it's that fuel game. Obviously they knew they had a pit stop and they knew they wanted to be on pit road for as least amount as possible. So um, they would come, they would, for example, Denny Hamlin, uh, he, he was laying in the back um, early, just kind of staying out of trouble. Obviously he qualified back there, but, um, you know, his plan was just kind of riding the back for the first, you know, pit cycle. But then, you know, because he was running at 50, 50% throttle for the first 40 laps of the race, he was able to come down pit road, basically get a splash of fuel and come off pit road in second. Um, and that's how he kind of got his track position. Curious to see, um, obviously not everyone in the pack can do that. It just doesn't work that way. <laughs> Someone's yeah, exactly. always going to be leading, you know, whether it's one of those back marker cars wanting to get attention for their sponsor, lead some laps. I mean, if you're if you're a you know a car that's normally 25th in points leading laps is really important for sponsorship and um, everything else that comes with it. But um, you expect yeah, so, any surprises? Like any surprise drivers? You expecting like uh, like Legacy Motor Club to be good? Are you expecting like Jimmy Johnson to be hanging around like the top 15? Like you expecting anything fun or no? I, I think the biggest um, thing is the legacy motor club i think that alliance with toyota has already proved to be pretty fruitful for them not just from a technical standpoint but from an alliance standpoint like if that was last year i don't know if johnson's making that race just because i don't think a chevy teammate comes back and helps him like i think yeah, truex was at the back already but truex was so much more willing just to drop back and help johnson there um i don't know necessarily if a, if a chevy driver helps him i think that the the Toyotas are just such a small team and such as like only eight cars. So like they're, or I guess technically nine with Johnson, but um, they're just much more willing to help each other because they know how important it is for each and every single one of them. And they want that to kind of returned uh, that favor returned. So I, I think you will see the Toyotas packed up. And I think with that, you'll see the 42, the 43 and, and the 84 all um, 
Near I mean, it helps Toyota that they have, what, like 11 cars in the field now? That's a pretty good, strong pack that you can have now in the field, so that helps them out tremendously instead of only having seven. So that's going to help them out, like help them pitch strategy-wise. They can all pit together now. Like It's going to yep. help them out so much more, and I'm actually very interested to see what they do. Um, so I feel like that's the biggest surprise. It's just maybe Legacy Motor Club. I'm expecting Front Row to do just as good, especially now that they have that upgrade to four Tier 1 program. So now they're a tier one program and they're working with Penske to get all this stuff done all the time now. So they got Penske working on them with engineering, aerodynamics, race setup, pit crew development. Like Penske's helping them out in the full load now. So I'm expecting Michael McDowell to be like lightning at this. Oh, good old lightning McDowell. It's a throwback to our yeah. early, early, early years. days. Um, but I expect like now that there's their T1 program and Stuart Haas isn't there to be that four tier one program anymore i expect front row to be just as good at these super speedways now too so so i want your opinion here because i feel like really interesting sentiment kind of came out of um the duels was obviously like it felt like everyone in the world of the nascar world was rooting for jimmy johnson to get in and yeah. with that they were rooting for toyota it's like like ken johnson changed the um complexion and kind of the way the fans think about I mean, I, I think so. I think it's just, I think fans have a hard time separating. Well, they don't have a hard time separating, but I think they'll just be like rooting for Jimmy no matter what he races in. Mm -hmm. Like they're still not going to like Toyotas as a whole because of the driver selection that they have, which really is just Denny. Like every other driver is fine for like what? No, no fans. Denny's no, the heel Ty in the Gibbs. sport. Oh, Ty Gibbs. It's, I forgot. And it's Bubba just from a, you know, Confederate. Well, there's, yeah, there's. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. Standpoint. I was like, how is he going to say this sentence? Oh, no. <laughs> um, but That's, yeah, I mean, I don't even think like, I don't know. I guess my uh, my feed is curtailed a little different to me now. Like, I don't really see as much Bubba hate anymore, but I forgot Ty Gibbs. I think I just hate Ty Gibbs so much. That I forget he like exists. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, it's those three and the rest of them are all likable guys so like they're still gonna hate toyotas because of those three but jimmy will certainly help more people like maybe buy more merchandise that says toyota on it and stuff like yeah. they won't care because they'll just say jimmy johnson on it so i think it does like a 50 50 or maybe like a 70 30 like a little 30 percent more people care about toyotas but 70 percent are still like i hate Denny hamlin and i hate jesus boy yeah. ty gives but it, it was <laughs> weird like even for me like obviously like I definitely didn't like Jimmy when he was at Hendrick. Like that's probably where my Hendrick hatred started. Um, Cause he was winning all the time. Yeah. And I think that's for a lot of fans felt the same way, but it was weird. Like I was, I mean, that was a, that was a stack Hendrick team at one point too. That was a really yeah. good Hendrick team. Yeah. But I was like actively rooting for, um, for Johnson there, especially the downfall. Um, no, <laughs> but I, I think one of the, actually one of the things that kind of like went under the radar as well is how well Nemechek ran. Um, yeah, he looks pretty good actually. Finished, what do you finish like fourth or fifth in the duel, but he kind of yeah. got shoved back at the his end. Five lap practices, up. his five lap averages in practice too, are also like six. Like he was hanging in there with the big boy Toyotas. That dude's got talent, man. I really like John Hunter Nemechek like a lot. So I'm very excited to see what he does on that team. Because he was my truck driver when I was watching the truck series. He'd be the guy I was always rooting for. So I really want him to do good. So I feel yeah. like those round out our surprises pretty well. I'm not expecting anything different. Um, I'm curious to see how Stuart Haas does now that they don't 
have like that forward support anymore. I wonder what kind of year this is going to be for them. Just looking at the whole rest of the season, not even Daytona. Like they're not going to have a great Daytona. Maybe they got a lot of question marks as drivers. Like what are they doing after this year when their Ford um, contract expires? Like it's going to be, they're going to be a team to watch just for that reason. Like you're probably going to hear news rumblings at some point halfway through the season, just being like, Hey, what is Stuart Haas up to? So that'll be interesting to see how they, take on this 500 and the rest of the season yeah i think okay so i think one of my favorite like things to do every year is like there's always a dark horse that finishes like insanely well and i like the 500 or you just mean in standings 500 at the 500 okay i don't know if there's necessarily a um like like i know we just talked about legacy motor club a lot so let's not like go that way but if there's one singular dark horse outside of the toyota camp that you could pick that's going to finish really well like who who would who would it be for you let me check the how they're qualified to real quick can i do that can it show me i don't know how to work the nascar um honestly i don't know if this counts as a dark horse i feel like it should based on the season they had last year. But it's not a dark horse. It can't be. It's not a dark horse. I was going to say Chase Elliott because his odds are so good because his name is Chase Elliott. But like he had an awful year last year. And Eric Jones... Chase Elliott is a dark horse. I, that's what I mean. It's like, based <laughs> what? on what, based on where he finished in standings last year, I know he missed yeah, a bunch okay. of races, But like... <laughs> That's like just because his just because his odds are good doesn't mean like anything. I'm also pretty high on Chase Elliott as a super speedway racer, but let's see. My picks would be for a dark horse are going to be Ty Gibbs. That's one. I, I'll go with Ty Gibbs. I don't like Ty Gibbs, but he had a pretty reputable rookie year last year, and now that you know he's aggressive, Ty Gibbs is a very aggressive racer. He doesn't really like take the take the crap from anybody so he's going to be a guy that you can easily watch and just be like he's going to be up in the front like pushing people around and being aggressive to watch when he gets behind logano's bumper and what's going to happen to the field after that and like all of those things so i'm curious to see how well um ty gibbs does and he would be kind of my dark horse for daytona is that a more reputable uh dark horse pick for you <laughs> i don't know I, you, you don't know i don't know because you it's don't know who to pick it's questionable i mean he had a good year but he wasn't like lighting the world on fire are you going like super dark horse I Is that super why? dark give me a super dark horse don't give me like your fantasy dark horse jj like, yaley jj did jj even yaley even make the show i have no idea i don't think he did <laughs> hold on i gotta look at the the actual like qualifying yeah, I'm looking people, at the start right people that made it. All right. Well, you do All that. Right. Start list. And my actual dark horse pick. Oh, I know who to say. I know who to say. You're giving me like three chances here. Corey LaJoy. That's Corey. my dark horse. Okay, I'll take it. I'll take it. All right, my, mine's going to be David Reagan. David, did he make it? <laughs> David Reagan. Yeah, he made it. He's in the 40 car. I mean, the 60, 60 car for, for RFK. RFK. I don't know. Does that count as a dark darkers? That that certainly counts. Okay. That, well, that certainly counts. I'm rolling with David Reagan. Starting just in the just because you feel car. good about it, or just like I feel really good about it. Like oh, honestly, so, so he's in your fantasy lineup. Yeah. 
Uh, I haven't made my fantasy lineup yet. I honestly yeah. haven't even paid my dues, but he might he might make it. And by might make it, I mean he is gonna make it. Corley Joy's not bad at Daytona. Average him some eighteen, but whatever. That's my pick. All right. I like it. I like it. I like it a lot. Um well I mean so that's obviously your dark horse pick, but like who who is your race pick? Like who's who is the favorite to win it and go win a Daytona five hundred title? Uh my favorite is I'm high on RFK, so Brad Koslowski. I want I just want Brad to win a five hundred so bad. I'm becoming more and more of an RFK fanboy, so this is just a feeling pick. Like I like Busher and Brad a lot, so I want Brad to win a five hundred. That's my pick. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Danny Hamlin. <laughs> um, I'm gonna go with. I mean, I, I do want to go with Denny Hamlin, but I won't. I'm gonna go with Bubba Wallace. Bubba, Bubba. I like it. I like he, it. He just has been. We've seen him at the church play tracks. He's obviously really aggressive. Finds his way towards the front a lot. Was leading his dual race at one point yesterday. Don't remember exactly. Or on Thursday. Don't remember exactly what part of the race it was. But I felt like it was near the end. I could be completely wrong about that. But I just remember. I remember he was leading. And I was thinking like, oh, Reddick just won dual one. Like it'd be really cool if 23-11 swept. Um, I'll I'll tell you what. Bubba's in my fantasy lineup. I'll tell you that. There's a little tip and okay. information for you. Make sure you put Bubba in so you match me. Okay. I got so much faith in 2311 this year. So um, I like your pick. I like your Bubba pick. Okay. I th- thank you. I appreciate that. All right. Give me your give me your uh, damn fantasy lineup, huh? Uh, right now, it's Chris Busher, Brad Kozlowski. Oh, you're giving me the whole damn thing. Michael Hang McDowell. On. Write this down. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Michael McDowell. I have four Fords in my lineup right now. And I realized that, and I was like, I probably need to change this. So it's not set in stone yet, but right now, Busher, Kez, McDowell, Logano, Bubba, and I said it 10 minutes ago, I'm very high on Chase Elliott, so I put Chase Elliott in my lineup. You're burning a lot of rate, uh, drivers who could be really good. Uh, not really. McDowell, no. Chase Elliott, I may end up taking out because I'm going to use him at the six-row courses, and then there's only four races after that, yeah. so... But Brad, I didn't use 10 times last year. I didn't use Busher 10 times last year. I didn't use Bubba 10 times last year. Yeah. I didn't even use Logano 10 times last year. But will you will you be more inclined to use Busher 10 times this year after he won three races last year? I I three different that, like especially like last year or like two years ago, right? When Ross Chain, Ross Chastain was like, you know, he's wrecking people, but he was still like getting a lot of points in each race and he was a good fantasy pick to take. Yeah. I expected to do that this year and or last year and that didn't come to fruition and ross had a pretty mediocre like season in 2023 mm-hmm. so i try to not think like obviously i need to think about the 10 races but like i don't look at it as like oh i'm worried i'm not going to be able to use him down the road kind of thing like if i just feel high on him i'm going to use him and that's it i try to keep it down to like a my exact strategies there's 26 races in the regular season i use a driver twice every five races and that's usually like the cap i put on myself unless they're on a heater then i'll use them like three times in five races so like i like busher 
he won the summertime Daytona and he's finished in like like the top 10 in the last like three Daytona appearances. So I like Busher here. Okay. I think he's I think he's just as aggressive. Brad definitely teaches him a lot. He also just had a kid, so you know he's gonna win this for his newborn child. Yeah, congrats, to Chris Busher. <clears throat> but I think I would end up taking Chase Elliott out, and like the guys on my radar are like, I'm not playing Denny. I know how good Denny is, but I'm not playing him at a five. Yeah, I go through that every year. I feel like like it's so hard to not pick him. I use Denny at ten races where he gets like forty five plus points. There's exactly. no point to like, yeah, he's gonna get forty five plus points at Daytona. He but there's a, there's a chance he can wreck out. So like there's the big one happens and it collects him. And I'm like, I don't want to deal with that because then it's a waste of a use when I know I could get much more. I mean, racing's always unpredictable, but I can at least get much more benefit from that. But other guys, I had Blaney originally in my lineup, but he went to a backup car. So now I don't have him in my lineup. Um, I liked Eric Jones. I liked Corey LaJoy. I liked Reddick, Bell, Bowman. Bowman's qualified seventh, but I don't have faith in him. Actually, all three years I've done this fantasy league with you, John, I've picked Bowman every single time when the 500 has gone on. Have you seriously? I I start with Bowman every year because I'm just like, screw it. Why not? And he was on the front pole, so I was like, why not? Let's see what happens. And it usually bites me. But although Bowman did finish sixth at the last 500 last year. So so. while we're sitting here, I've kind of like put together a quick lineup. Um, this is very, very likely to change, like, like extremely likely to change. You're going to play Austin Cindric. I already know you. How the, how did you know that? Because this is the only track he's good at. And you like picking <laughs> the wild card picks. So right now I went McDowell, mm-hmm. um, which I don't feel like that's a wild card at all here. No. Um, McDowell is on the front row and he's good here. Yeah. Nice. So I went Mc, McDowell. Um, I did go Cindric. Um, Right now, I do have Bubba Wallace as well. I went John Hunter Nemechek. I like in, that. In my fourth slot. Um, uh, I'm running Ricky Stenhouse Jr. I know it's risky. That's a good pick. He won it last year. That's a good pick. I don't know. I, I like those those plays a little bit. And Especially at Daytona, you got to. You have to make these plays. Yeah. and You, you, don't, lose, you don't lose your fantasy season in the first race, you know? Like, yeah. I think I scored like 110 points last year at Daytona. See, I actually I did lose my fantasy season last year in the first race because I scored like 65 points and I could never make that up. Oh, yeah, okay. You could have made it up. You dropped down to like such a big deficit. Though. <sighs> Listen, it was a hard year. We're going to come back this year. That's why I'm saying this lineup is not final. I'm going to go do my research after this. Um, yeah, so you said McDowell, Cindric, and uh, John Hunter. John Hunter, Bubba. Stenhouse, and then my garage driver right now is David Reagan. Um, wow, I'm gonna I make a like change the, there. I don't like the Reagan. You should change that. I like the Reagan. I'm rolling with Reagan. I mean, he's gonna be around. I just don't think he's gonna get like the Listen, points you want. I'm telling you right now, this is my lineup. There's gonna be changes, but Reagan's gonna be in my lineup no matter what. I feel so good about that pick. And you know yeah. why I feel good about that pick? Because I would pick Reagan like when he was full time. I would pick him every year here, like every year. He is, um, yeah, that's true. I do. So, I mean, I like it as a dark horse. I just feel like I don't know the five hundred. Like I said, it doesn't matter the first race, but like there's a fine line of like making it not matter and then just like going too crazy with wild picks and then putting yourself in a hole. You know why it's not too <laughs> crazy? You know why it's not too crazy? 
Do you remember Travis Pastrana last year? He was like yeah. one of the better fantasy picks at Daytona last year. I thought he wrecked out though. No, he finished like 13th or something. Did he really? How many points did he get? I don't. I, don't, I, don't, I, don't. I mean, hey, he finished the race though. Am I right? So like, I think so. Uh, let me just double check that. So I'm not talking completely. Out of he my got mind. 11th and he got 26 yeah. points. There so. you go. That's a decent. Like you'll take that at Daytona. You'll take 26 points and 11th place finish. Do you want to know how many points Chris Buescher got at the Daytona 500 last year? Uh, I don't know. I don't 50. Know. Must be he nice. 50 points. Legato well, got 52. The stage points, but you have no idea who's going to get stage points here. It's such a shot in the dark. Yeah, um, yeah, that happens. But I'm going right. off of that, so, so I may play Bowman too. So we'll see. We've I got, got options. Four matchups, um, featured matchups, matchups here. Um, the first one's Ty Gibbs, Joey Logano. Who are you taking? Logano. I'm taking. Ooh. I think I think there's a very good chance either one of these guys wreck out. It's just kind of like who I expect to at least finish. Yeah, I'm taking Ty Gibbs. Um, Stenhouse or McDowell? That's a tough one. I picked McDowell. I'm taking McDowell, 100%. Um, Chastain or Reddick? I picked Reddick because I was high on the Yodas. Yeah, I'm probably going to go Reddick there as well. Chastain's, I don't know if he's much of a restricted play guy. Um, Josh Berry or Zane Smith? That's a I, fun one. I actually picked Smith. Yeah, I, I just think. I just don't trust Stuart Haas like at all. <laughs> I oddly feel more comfortable with Zane Smith and Josh. I mean, Berry. Zane Smith also qualified pretty well. He's starting 14th. I think Josh Berry had to go to a backup car, and that's why he's in 30th, though. Yeah, I, to, I don't remember. Don't but remember. like, that would mean I picked every single bottom driver in the duels, though. Like I just went straight across the bottom but we'll yeah. see Daytona's is a crapshoot i don't think i've ever gotten higher than 150 points here so truthfully it doesn't matter who i pick like i, I don't get points here <laughs> i'm gonna put together a banger of a lineup i'm telling you right now i'm gonna go refine it i I'm should almost make go it. down your route of just like pick wild card guys pick like one to two you know you pick like the mcdowell and logano yeah. or like three three guarantees and then you do the other three or like hey they could be really fun here let's see what happens the strategy of this place does not make sense and has never made sense. So I feel like you spend so much time trying to figure this out and then it just completely blows up in your face. But, I just really hope my bet on RFK works. I think I'm keeping Busher and Kez. But in my um, I'm going to go obsessive research. I'm going to go watch some USATF uh, Team USA championship here this afternoon. And I'm going to enjoy my afternoon. I wish you the best of luck today as well, Alex. Um, Thank you. Thank you for joining me on this wonderful episode of the Tight Entry Racing Podcast. A quicker one today, um, but they won't all be this short. Thank you so much for listening and peace out. Bang.